Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 253, episode 3 of Der Daily Zeitgeist, a production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness, and it is Thursday, September 8th, 2022, 9 8 It's National School Picture Day, so get ready, you that know, get those early. fake smiles ready. I hate a school picture day. National Ampersand Day, all right, and National, hey, Pediatric Hematology and Oncology Nurses Day. Okay. Shout out, shout out to homie nurse Brittany, who's an oncology nurse at USC. I feel like ampersands still fuck up a lot when when you try and like use them in titles of various. Like they, we still haven't gotten a universal like language of ampersand. If we try and use it in a podcast title, it will fucking melt down. CMS. Yeah. CMS software does not recognize the ampersand. It's like, are you trying to hack the system? And then shit gets all fucked up. But yeah. I do want to say, National School Picture Day, I hated because I hate taking pictures and I hate smiling in pictures. So my, you should see like my first like seven years of school photos. I have this smile on where I'm like, yeah. I'm just <laughs> merely keeping my mouth shut and being like, I must raise the corners of my mouth to appear like a human boy. Yeah. 
I get I get real mad every time our kids take bring pictures home from school because like they're just they're they're forcing around. Like this. Yeah, their eyes are closed. Their teeth are like <laughs> they're showing all their teeth. And then I see the pictures of the other kids, and they're all they all look cute. So I don't know if the problem is my kids, but it's it's always very stressful for me. Hey, you know, with time, with time, they'll be hamming it up. That's right. Um, anyways, my name is Jack O'Brien, aka Harry Crane from Mad Men. <laughs> That's courtesy of Jeremiah Alexander, uh, a la Harry Kane Massive, which is the only phrase I say confidently with a British accent. Yeah, it doesn't. I it, They just sound alike, and I get the sense he just had that rattling around in his head after hearing me say, Harry Kane Massive, for the sal- thousandth time. He was just like, oh, there's a character. Anyways, shout out to Jeremiah Alexander for that mm-hmm. one, and I'm thrilled to be joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray! I'm trending. I'm feeling sad. I got the zeitgeist <laughs> in my head. I'm stupid, but not for long. Hey, Jack, the Jaws theme song is coming on, is coming on, is da-dun, da-dun, Okay, shout out to Kitty Feisty Backpack on Discord, who seamlessly was like, it's coming on, then wrote out the Jaws theme, so I had to perform that. Yo, Jaws is out in theaters right now. I still haven't seen it on a big screen. I need to do that. I might leave this recording early. (laughs) Because I... Sorry. It's my favorite movie. I've seen it a thousand times on VHS and various streaming platforms, but never on the big screen. Okay, well, we might have to make that happen for you, young man. Anyways, Miles, we're thrilled Mm -hmm. to be joined by two hilarious and talented artists responsible for some of the best things on TV and together... Uh, responsible for a truly delightful, devi- uh, divisive, <laughs> a truly divisive podcast. Uh, no, I meant to say delightful podcast, baby geniuses. Please welcome the brilliant and talented Emily Heller and Lisa Hannawell. Hello. Thank you so much for having us. Thanks for coming. Thank you guys for being here. Our podcast is is divisive, I'd say. Very divisive. Woof. Yeah, we fight all the time. Yeah. And in it, you're talking about the film Baby Geniuses that came out in 1998? <laughs> yeah, we've been doing the podcast for 10 years. Episode. Every <laughs> episode is a recap of the one movie. Love that, I love feel that, like love we that. named our podcast before I really, before we really knew how podcasts were supposed to be named. <laughs> right. You're like, we each get a movie and we name our podcast after that. <laughs> it's a it's a great show. The people it who expect a, a podcast about babies are really upset when they listen to our podcast. Yeah. Oh, do they oh, really like? Some do they come stuff? hoping for like baby raising tips? Yeah, how to raise this, a baby this, is, genius? this has happened a, oh, co- no. a handful of times. Yeah. Or we'll sometimes get someone on Facebook sent us a video of their kid being like, "I think my kid might be a genius." What do you think? <laughs> Like, we, we can you should just run with that. Care to wait? I'm an expert on this now. <laughs> it was a video of the of the baby like holding a book, like a kid's book, <laughs> and turning the pages and going back that 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 you know, just uh-huh. like making baby sounds. And they were like, "I think they might be reading." <laughs> right. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, your child yeah. is doing an impression of one of the aliens from Mars attacks. Okay, you're choking. Yeah, maybe? I think he's barking <laughs> at the pages. 
that's amazing. Uh, well, I can I can only imagine. <laughs> It's, <laughs> it's very much like a, uh, I don't know about your kid, but I feel confident judging whether you are a genius. <laughs> <laughs> I think we have conclusive evidence on that. When people tune in looking for like a baby Mozart-esque podcast that's like the teaching you, what, what do they get instead? How do you guys describe your podcast to people? Um, we talk a lot about like Martha Stewart and what she's up to. <laughs> It has like evolved over the years into just sort of like a totally unfocused, bloated with segments. It's a hang, you know, it's just a hang. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. it's a hang at this point. We have like segments are great. The segments we do like a check in on Martha Stewart's pony every episode. (laughs) Um, We do (laughs) bloated with segments. (laughs) We do a a Wikipedia segment where we just talk about a weird Wikipedia page. We occasionally review pictures of our listeners' butts that they send us. Yeah, we talk about, uh, we read their stories about talking in their sleep lately. We've been doing that a lot. Yes. Yeah. I love sleep talking stories. They're They're so funny. So good. But yeah, it's it's truly amorphous, I'd say. Right. Mm-hmm. Man, what a, I, 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 a good duel for people to tune into, too. Because for people who it's a wonder oh. we're not more popular. It's exactly what everyone's looking for. Just sort of like, are you in? Right. <laughs> Extremely easy elevator pitch. <laughs> the draw for me is like knowing how talented the two of you are. Yeah. So like hearing you yeah. talk is great because you have good insights. Like Lisa, as through your art, and you know Emily through your comedy and things like that. I just feel like if there's a good, there's a good balance to it. Also, oh, that's the very time kind. Will Thank come. you. The time will come. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, we're going to get to know you guys a little bit better in a moment. First, we're going to tell our listeners a couple of the things that we are talking about today. Yep. We're going to check in with the land of Oz. Doctor Oz's campaign has probably been the most entertaining thing of of the midterms for me at least so we he's continued with the self judo ownage <laughs> we're going to talk about how he manages to keep one upping himself we're going to talk about the long standing ovations at the film festivals like the Venice Film Festival they're now just ranking movies based on how long the standing ovations are like it's like a gymnastics judge score. So we're going to talk about that because it does seem fairly haphazard and also just based on weird like behavioral dynamics. Mm. All of that, plenty more. But first, Emily, Lisa, we like to ask our guest, what is something from your search histories that is revealing about who you guys are? <laughs> Lisa, Emily, do you, you want to go? I'll, okay. go? I'll start. All right, you start. Uh, how many am I allowed to do? <laughs> I feel like none of these are super revealing about me. I did recently look up Deb Chubb Birds because I have been watching the Love Island US. Okay. And which is not as good as the UK, I will say it. And there is a I, I almost said character. It's a real person. It's really <laughs> well, hard to remember there are real people. Um, there is a contestant on that show named Deb Chubb, <laughs> who it seems, and I'm like, I was Googling it because I wanted to know if my interpretation is correct. And I'm fully open to the idea that my interpretation is not correct. But it seems to me that she believes the quote unquote conspiracy theory, because it's not, not a conspiracy real. theory, it's a joke that birds aren't real. 
And oh, she no. keeps oh, talking about no. it on the show like she believes it. Yeah. It's and weird people... because Deb, Deb Chubb sounds like a kind of bird to me. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I was like, what kind of bird is the Deb Chubb? Yeah, the Deb a, northern crested, <laughs> yeah. a northern crested Deb Chubb. Deb Chubb. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's like a thing where usually on Love Island, what they do is they edit out people saying stupid stuff like that and then they compile all of it into the unseen bits episode so the rest of the episodes you can still like root for them to find love and then you watch the unseen <laughs> bits episode and you're like oh none of them have read a book um, <laughs> none of them deserve anything but but they can't edit her out her talking about birds because it comes up so much that wow. she's talking about it in making her decisions about like which guys to choose where wow. she's like i mean he went with me on the whole birds aren't real thing so. oh my god and is is she I, in on it like is that is that like is a psychological test that she's trying out. to like this is my whole issue with flat earthers is i believed that they were fucking with us for a long time and yeah. then and, you and then you're what? like wait oh y'all are real <laughs> oh no i think some of them are in on it and then other people just don't get that it's right. a joke and they yeah. believe it. And I can't, I genuinely cannot tell it's with like, her. Yeah. It feels and, like medium risk QAnon. Yeah. Right? You know, where it's like, oh, some people are kind of fucking with you for their own weird aims. And other people are like, no, this is good. This is birds aren't real. Yeah. And you're like, doesn't that make the people who are doing it as a joke feel a little bit guilty? Yeah. Or, or do you go, or... In my mind, I would probably say, come on, man, really? I'm just, I'm out here saying birds aren't real, and you really just <laughs> attached yourself to that notion right. and then flew away into the sun with it? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I could feel bad because it's so dumb, but. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I don't just, know. But there are other, she's like talking to people on the show, and they're like, I've seen a dead bird, and right. bugs ate it. <laughs> and right. she's like, yeah. I don't Robot know. Robot bugs. Robot bugs. Yeah. Oh my god. The, but I, I feel like when you read the history of like Scientology and shit like that, that is how they were talking about Scientology in the early days. Like L. Ron Hubbard was like doing it just a bit to like, yeah. you know, fuck with his friends, and then like Isaac Asimov and be like, yeah, oh, and then like religion. got away from him, or his ego got away from him. And he was like, wait, I kind of like being on a boat where I am God. For, yeah. yeah right and i think the difference with scientology is that like most of the times when people are allowed to learn like the really sort of Im improbable theories about what's going on on earth is by the time they get to that point they've spent a hundred thousand dollars right. and <laughs> they sort of have to believe it because of the sunk cost fallacy right. <laughs> but i don't i don't get why deb chubb wants to believe that birds aren't real God. Yeah, it's also so fascinating. It's also it? weird because she's like, I think it's the government spying on us. And it's like, dude, you're on a reality show. Yeah. <laughs> Why would the birds be showing up? They're right. already filming you every second of the day. There's five dudes with cameras on their shoulders aimed at you right now. Like, right. Yes. Like, no, they're spying, I think. Why would the government send birds into the villa It with just a huge waste of resources? Or it feels like a really elegant way to completely destabilize a society, too. Yeah. Like, go because for it something is, small yeah. and absurd. And if enough people go there, that's just going to lead you down all, like, like you're saying. It's like, I don't know, man. It could be about surveillance. Right. <laughs> 
I would say the main reason why I chose that as my most revealing one is I just want someone to tell me if they know if she actually believes that. I want to know. <laughs> I cannot find an answer to like, has she addressed it since the show? It's just not doesn't seem to be something people are writing about. And I don't know why. Right. right. Why are we avoiding this conversation, America? Yeah. It is kind of the most fascinating thing that a stupid person can do is believe in that because <laughs> then like I just that that's the only thing they could do. Like if they were just like, I believe in, you know, I want to tell you about my good friend JC and like his 12 friends married to, you know, like t telling me like Bible shit, I'd be very uninterested and run the other way. But if like that, it, it has all sorts of dynamics working for it that like make yeah. me want to just like sit down with Deb Chubb for some reason and just like really, <laughs> really dive in out. there. Yeah. yeah. Hash it out. Looking that big old brain. Does it include chicken or is it only flight flighted birds? That That's a great call. Oh, good, That's good call. a great, great follow-up question. Why did no one in the villa ask When she orders that? chicken wings, like hot chicken wings, what does she think does she's she eating? Does she think she's eating a robot? She probably doesn't think a chicken <laughs> is a bird. I'll, to be perfectly honest, she probably right. doesn't think a chicken is a bird. Yeah, I mean, that's, I'm on the fence about that. I... <laughs> you are a bit of an expert, Lisa. Mm -hmm. what, uh, what is something from your search history, Lisa? Okay, this is going to sound really dirty, and it's not. It's Lick Tub. Lick Tub. <laughs> lick Tub. Is this for a horse? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Miles knows. It's an agricultural item. It is a 50-pound or 100-pound tub of minerals and fat and molasses that livestock can lick at as oh. a supplement or as a boredom relief item. Wait. Wow. So you buy like a like a container where it's just all yeah. just in there and then they just, just lick away? It's just in there and you just crack the, the lid open like it's a big old can and it's just like stuff they can lick. Oh, so I was trying wow. to find one and I was calling up like every feed store in L.A. and saying the words lick tub over the phone <laughs> felt perverted. <laughs> I thought they would know what I meant. And a lot of them didn't. And so I was trying oh, really? to explain to them. <laughs> and then oh, well. you were like, uh, it's an agricultural item. It's, yeah. uh, it's, uh, well, this is a family owned feed store and we don't like that kind of feel. Good day. <laughs> I finally found one from a store in Sunland. Oh, yeah. So, okay. That feels about right. Sunland. That's about right. Yeah, There's a place that's... where they had baby chickens for sale and I had to drive baby up robots. there. The How baby much does a tub go for, if you don't mind me asking? What's this the... was expensive. It was like close to $100, I think. Wow. And how much licking pounds. do you get out of one tub? <laughs> you know, I've been doling it out slowly. So it's been oh. a few weeks now and, Austerity and it's measures, still say. very full. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, because I think if I leave it open, my pony will eat the whole thing in two hours. So I'm just. Oh, right. Okay, yeah. I got you. I don't freak out. Is it like trusted. candy or it's like. She can't a, be trusted. A, is it like good for, like, is too much of it bad or like you kind of want to be like, yo, get a couple licks a day. You don't want to lick, have a lick out all day. I don't think she should eat 55 pounds of it in a day, but I don't <laughs> think it's bad. It's just like, right. you know, it's supposed to be good for them, but it's a Lisa's lot of sugar next, in it. <laughs> her next Google search is how fast should a pony eat a lick tub? <laughs> yeah, very I don't quickly. know. I got to uh, learn. <laughs> lick tub bad if too much for a pony? <laughs> this is a steep learning curve. <laughs> Lick tub sounds like Deb Chubb's relative. It does. Right. <laughs> Lick tub and Deb Chubb. Lick tub and Deb Chubb. It's another kind of bird. Wait, did y'all plan this? <laughs> <laughs> so what is something you guys think is overrated? Uh, Google. <laughs> <laughs> this is my, and I, I'm not just saying this because I didn't get the answer about Deb Chubb. But in general, and, you know, I think this has been reported on, Google is just less and less usable. 
like you, it just does not show you the information you're looking for in the way that it used to because it's algorithmically trying to show you some other shit. And it's so frustrating to me. I really... Have you tried DuckDuckGo? That's what I've been using lately. Yeah, yeah. It, doesn't, it doesn't like track you. And... DuckDuckGo also has does not have answers about DevChub, <laughs> but <laughs> it is try less Jeeves. overrated than Google. <laughs> yeah, I would ask Jeeves, honestly. Jeeves mm-hmm. might know. Mm-hmm. What happened to him? Here's the he thing retired. about Ask Jeeves that I... I think I have probably bored Lisa with this already, but (laughs) (laughs) so I I have been reading a bunch of the P.G. Woodhouse books, P.G. Woodhouse, who was the creator of Jeeves, the butler. Uh And like there are humorous old timey books from like, you know, the 20s about this dumb rich guy and his butler. And Every one of those stories is about him asking Jeeves for help and Jeeves going in a very circuitous sort of counterintuitive method to get it. And it all backfires. And I don't understand why we're presenting that character as a reliable right. problem oh, solver. It's like naming your glasses after Mr. Magoo. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, so he's like the original like Nathan Fielder. Like, like, <laughs> kind of, problems. yeah. Like, okay, the plan, make this frozen yogurt taste like shit or whatever. That yeah. <laughs> well, he's also, he's just trying to ignore his rich boss and his rich boss's dumb ideas. Oh, okay. He's a working class hero. Kind of, yeah. Just a little, yeah, push-pull. But he's weirdly, I mean, I, <laughs> I recommend reading the books. They're really funny. But uh, it it always strikes me as odd that we're asking Jeeves to get us something directly. Right. What are the books called? Like, what's the most famous Wodehouse? Oh, my book? gosh. I don't know what the f- most famous one. He wrote, like, uh, like hundreds of them. Okay. I can try to... I'm sorry. This is so boring. I'm, like, I'm looking in my... Jeeves in the offing. <laughs> is one. Yeah, that's a good one. All right of the ho, blandings... Jeeves. Right Ho, Carry Jeeves, on, is, Jeeves. A, is a really good one. Wow. Right Ho, Jeeves. Right Ho. Right Ho Jeeves, uh, Ring for Jeeves is pretty good. I it's really hard to tell them apart because there's just so many of them. And you just make up all... some titles: Jeeves Special Day, right. yeah, <laughs> Big Outing for Jeeves, yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> an evening with Jeeves. Yeah, yeah. What's yeah. something, Emily, that you've like you've noticed? You're like, I used to be able to find this on Google, and now you're like, what the fuck happened? That's a. Uh, I should have come prepared with something like that. I'm sorry to aside be from curious about aside from the fact that like looking up Deb Chubb Bird doesn't reveal anything <laughs> about her talking about birds not being real. What are you good for? <laughs> yeah, sometimes it'll just be something where you're like, okay, what's the biggest country by population, and it'll just like tell you the biggest country by area right, right away, where it, like it just has started ignoring search terms. I feel like. That's something that is frustrating to me. Gotcha. It's like, I think you mean by area, right? Yeah, but it won't even say by area. It'll (laughs) just like put up a picture of what they think the answer is without the information that disqualifies it. I think one of the most frustrating things is like, you'll look up something like, can my dog eat blah, blah, blah. And Mm -hmm. it'll be like 10 foods your dog should not eat. And the food that you listed is under the actually it's okay section. But then it tells you that they can't eat it. And so I just am constantly thinking I've poisoned my dog. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Google's bad. Just in general. (laughs) Evil. Very evil. I feel like DuckDuckGo is still finding its sea legs, but it's definitely less intrusive and less likely to track you. Yeah. 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 
let's take a quick break and we'll come back and we'll get your overrated Lisa and okay. find out some underrated and talk about the news. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. And Lisa, it's your turn to tell us something you think is overrated. All right. This was really hard for me because I don't like to yuck anyone's yum. You know, if you're into something, I don't want to say it's overrated, but I'm going to piss off a lot of people with this. Uh, I'm going to say outer space. Wow. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. Swings. I like that. I think just like stop trying to go there. Just let it be like (laughs) there's plenty to do here on Earth. I think the ocean has plenty of aliens in it. If you go deep enough, just gets weirder and weirder. Just go (laughs) just go under the sea. I just want I'm really just trying to get Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk to walk into the sea. (laughs) That's right. <laughs> go to the bottom of the ocean. Jeff go to the Bezos. very deepest <laughs> bottom. Less likely that they'll come back from there than from yeah. outer space. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I also God. feel like if we weren't so needy, the aliens would come to us if we just stopped. If we were like kind of we're so needy. Them I know. We're like, like stopped looking and being like, hey, yeah. what's going on out there, guys? Sending them so like, many hey, messages. Bro. God. Yeah. They are <laughs> at least come and be like, Earth. what are you guys up to? We don't trust it. <laughs> yeah, just we all should, of a sudden went radio silent on our We ass. should have some mystique, you know, like, yeah, lure yeah. them in that way. Come yeah. on, the Pentagon, start curving these fucking ghosts, man. These aliens. <laughs> start ghosting them. <laughs> we want the fucking information we want. Play hard to get. Yeah. I do feel like that's been the Pentagon's solution. It turns out has been just like, I don't know, man. It's fucking weird, right? With all the yeah. aliens. Yeah, like, that's so, all you can say. Just, wow. yeah, for real? It's fucking weird. What do you, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. You know? Can you, you an anybody have any ideas? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> it went from the water to the air to the water again. Yeah. Seamlessly. That's the coolest that? thing about it is that, like, they're flying from underwater. That, that makes me excited. Because, yeah, cool. I... I am a I, I subscribe to the like we should be spending more time looking into the ocean than into outer space stuff. Although I don't think it's a competition. We have plenty of time. Plenty of, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and plenty of resources to spend on things other than helping people. <laughs> right. Yeah. One hundred percent. Because in our mind is if we if we figure out the aliens, they're probably going to help us figure out everything else like the climate. <laughs> Healthcare, inequality. <laughs> Aliens you know, have great healthcare. <laughs> I feel like they probably do, though, right? I mean, they flew here from late years away. Yeah. Saying. No, I told you they they come here for the Schadenfreude. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's just disaster like, tourism. I just yeah. think that the likelihood that any alien thing that we're seeing of like UFOs, there's like. There's no chance it's aliens. It's m- m- if it is them, it's their trash. Right. Mm. Yeah. That yeah. they're throwing just out into space <laughs> and we're just getting it by accident. Right. <laughs> they're like, they think that bottle cap is a spaceship that we threw out. <laughs> <laughs> Look at them. It's their shit. Yeah. They called it a transmedium object. <laughs> it's a fucking bottle cap. So we are officially saying that birds are not robots, but fish and octopuses, octopi are aliens. Are aliens. Yeah, yes. it came from okay. space. Yeah. That I'm is canon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what is something you guys think is underrated? Lisa, you want to kick us off? I'm going to say, um, <laughs> so dorky, uh, print magazines, I think. I, yeah. I just think yeah. they should make a comeback because they're nice to read. You can find some really obscure ones to subscribe to. They do tend to pile up and then you like feel guilty about it. And you're like, should I recycle these or should I save them for later? I don't know. But I think they're great. And I'm so I'm tired of email newsletters. I prefer a physical object. Do you want a zine? I want so a zine. Up a lot of zines. 
I love zines. Love a zine. I mean, yeah. I feel like that's kind of been like our generation's response to the lack of printed material is like, yeah. I feel more and more like artistic folks, friends of mine. They're like, yeah, I got a zine coming out, working on a zine. I yeah. love that. You know what I miss is like a really crappy, like black and white, like Kinko style zine. Yeah. I think the too many are like nice now. They're like glossy. They're like full color risograph. I don't want that. I think you should right. have to make a shitty one to focus yeah. more on the content. And that's my cranky opinion about <laughs> about zines. Right, right, right. Just crank them out. I love a good newsstand where you just like realize how many niche like zines there are. And yeah. like, yeah, beautiful, like beautifully photographed, beautifully put together, art directed, art designed. And then, yeah. And, and then you're just it's like, like a... Amer American stool is just yeah. for chairs that don't have backs on them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. only like, stools. <laughs> I saw one that I think was like dedicated to like mushrooms, but it had like a guy in a robe with like really hairy shoulders, like picking up like a, a big like crop of something. Wait, but it looked like cool. It was like I would buy that magazine, but what the fuck could it possibly right. be? It's it's wild. The my my library carries zines. Like yeah, art, that's art cool. ones oh, cool. that are wild. Because, so, and I was looking, and I say like these teenage kids looking at some like pretty like radical shit like in a zine. I was like, look at okay, okay, library, keep that shit stocked for the youth them. Mm. But yeah, I definitely is there a magazine that you specifically really miss? Um, not that I miss necessarily. I subscribe to a bunch. Uh, I subscribe to a weird one called Eclectic Horseman, which is like just a really nicely printed <laughs> horse magazine. <It's> okay, <laughs> and I subscribe to Car and Driver. <laughs> Oh yeah, Lisa's like like, Lisa's a gearhead. Not yeah. really. I don't. I I just like cars. I'm a big yeah, fan. Yeah, but you of... subscribe to Car and Driver. I know. What's the difference between being a gearhead and liking yeah. cars? I don't understand how the cars work. I just like to <laughs> like read about them. them. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm the same way. That's how I feel about trains too. Like I find I'm yeah. always looking at luxury trains in like Europe and Asia. I'm like, wow, Ooh. this is really fucking interesting. <laughs> like I can't I shake trains. that childish. <laughs> Yeah, it's like a childish glee in something that goes real fast. So if you a gearhead, what's like uh, what's like your dream? Like what's a supercar, like a big car, like some car in your mind? You're like, you know, I would really like to drive one of those. Not necessarily to own, but like a, a vehicle you would like to experience. What I'd like to experience. Um, I like a lot of kind of vintage cars like the I would always like I would like to drive like a little Nissan Pow. Those are so cute. <laughs> wow. They're so cute. Uh, I've yeah. never driven one. I mean, you know, there's a lot of like modern cars that are kind of exciting. I sat in a Rivian recently. Oh, that was pretty cool. But yeah, I don't know. I'm stumped. Yeah. yeah. I too am stumped because I'm anytime people are talking about cars, my eyes just go dead. And I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> yeah. You become Chris Pine in that press conference. Yeah. yeah exactly. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, and I'm like supposed to, right? Like as a guy, you're supposed to like know shit about cars. And no, just... cars suck. I mean, it's, no, it's, I mean, it's probably better to be bored and to think that they should all be the same and the government should just issue like a Toyota Prius to every like, family. Yeah, I'm not a gearhead per se. I'm like a, a exterior head. I'm right. like, <laughs> look at that car. I'm like, look at that thing. You know, I'm not, I couldn't tell you about like, you know, gear differentials and like that kind of real shit. No, like that, I couldn't like tell you a thing about it. Shit. I do yeah. like to, every time I see a PT cruiser, I like to take a picture and post mm. it to my Finsta. Uh, I don't know <laughs> why. I think they're like, they're horrible, but they're kind of like ugly in a really exciting way where, it, yeah. I don't know, 
makes me think of like the great gatsby or something just the yeah. way they look <laughs> it feels like it's from an alternative timeline like yeah the, where the, like that's what cars great, looked like yeah <laughs> it's the great gatsby but it's the baz Luhrmann great gatsby it is it's 100 i was gonna say it's baz Luhrmann. <laughs> where they miss the point about wealth being empty and are just like look how fun it is <laughs> exactly it's got wood paneling <laughs> emily what's something you think is underrated I'm a broken record about this. The TV show Rutherford Falls. I know mm. it's highly rated by critics and the people who watch it, but it is underrated by the network. They just canceled it. Peacock. Yeah. They had two seasons on Peacock. It's just a delightful show that I really love. It's like if you like classic sitcoms, but also want to see something new, it's like the perfect marriage of of like modern groundbreaking while also the comfort of like a classic fun warm sitcom and i just love it so much and i really hope that it finds a new home damn mm-hmm. okay. yeah very sincere recommendation yeah you think it, it didn't get the axe because it was too diverse or telling <laughs> stories that weren't purely like you know about like cishet america <laughs> i mean kind of it's like in some ways it's like a very niche show but it's also written for anyone to have access to it it's like really centers native american stories and like contemporary native americans stories like not pretending like they don't exist anymore but i also just think that like peacock didn't invest a ton in the show like they didn't advertise enough they didn't promote it enough like I just don't I don't know exactly why it didn't find the audience that it needed to because like it, Ed Helm stars in it and like mm-hmm. The Office is like one of the biggest shows in the world. Like they should have been able to yeah. find the people who love that because they would also love Rutherford Falls, I'm sure. But um, it's really hard to say like why I, I do think that maybe people thought it was more niche than it was. I don't know. Mm. It bothers me that networks see like a relatively smaller, but still really enthusiastic and dedicated audience as being less valuable than a wider audience. Like I just, it's like you're a streaming platform. You can, you can have multiple things for different audiences. Like not everything has to be, I don't know, but it also, the show does have broad appeal. So I think that it was a marketing problem. Frankly, that's what I would blame. Yeah, I feel like it's a Michael Schur show. So like, yeah, yeah, something there is some disconnect there because I am just finding out. I'm also like way behind on all this shit. Well, and it's the kind of six year old, but it's the kind of show that will will grow with each season too. Stop blaming them, Jack. They wanted to watch the first two seasons of Rutherford Falls, and you said you didn't have time. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) they just didn't give it a chance. Yeah, right. Well, good news for anyone who feels out of the loop because they haven't heard of it. You've got two seasons of a great show to watch. Yeah, Yeah, it's great. Amazing. I'm on it. And TV recommendation for anybody who hasn't Googled you guys already. Yeah, I'd say you probably know. Yeah, you guys kind of know what you're talking about. (laughs) Emily is a writer, producer on Barry, and Lisa is the creator of Tuca and Birdie, among many other Great designer of Yo Jack Horseman. Yo Jack. That's right. I draw the horseman. Yeah. That's one of my favorite AKAs. Yeah. (laughs) Did you guys think about suing Eclectic Horseman for copyright? Like it does. (laughs) Or did they think about suing? No, not at all. Okay. That was just parallel thinking, I think. (laughs) (laughs) That's all it was. Yeah. yeah. Eclectic Horseman is just a rejected character from Bojack. (laughs) (laughs) It's just got a lot of stuff. (laughs) Had had too much going on. Way too much going on. Right, right. All right, Miles, let's check in with Oz. What's what's going on with the good doctor? 
I think it can just be assumed at this point that Dr. Oz will do or say something so stupid and out of touch with reality that his like AIDS must be contemplating putting him in like a medically induced coma to like save the campaign. (laughs) Just until Election Day. Just until. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just. uh, Yeah. You're going in for a simple tooth whitening, Dr. Oz. Now inhale. (laughs) Now backwards from 10. Have you guys been following the Oz stuff? The crudite video? The. I feel like the implication that his aides want to put him in a medically induced coma presumes that they are invested in him winning this election, (laughs) which all evidence points to the contrary. There have been ample opportunity for them to intervene in some way, and they have not. They have made their stance clear. They want this man to implode. We we were talking about this, too. Like, what is going on in there, right? Like, how are they allowing some of these ads to happen? And part of me really thinks just from, like, my time working in politics is, like, because he's the principal, like, he is probably running that campaign. It's like, it's what I want. I don't care what you're saying. I want to see a bong come out of John Fetterman's head like, <laughs> in this attack ad. And like, With a doing yoing sound yeah, effect. And a couple too. screws that fall yeah. out because they're loose. Right. <laughs> yeah. Ah, I get it. I, he, I didn't get it before when you described it, but now I get it. He doesn't cultivate an environment where you can say, hey, asparagus doesn't go on a crudite platter. You can't really eat that raw. <laughs> um <laughs> So, I mean, his like just to start off, he's he's kind of shooting himself in the foot right, with triangulating, you know, who to get whose support to sort of garner. And he's been in a pretty terrible slump since, well, I guess since the whole campaign started. But once he secured the nomination, things started to turn around a little bit, mostly in the sense that Trump has been a little bit more like, hey, you know, Dr. Oz, he's, a, he's all right. And then over the weekend, they did a rally. Trump said some nice things. It helped a little bit. But there are a few reporters who are like kind of like just gauging the temperature of the crowd. And a lot of people are like, ah, I'm 50 50 on Oz, like these <laughs> Trump supporters who are there cheering for him. And then others were like, I mean, he's better than Fetterman. So I guess I'll hold my nose and vote for him if we have to. So basically, it sounds like he's MAGA Joe Biden right now, if you're a Pennsylvania right. like MAGA voter. Like, like they a don't... crisis vote, basically. For yeah, because they don't like him. They really don't like him. A lot of people who are interviewed in like this political piece are like, He's not from here. Like, they're honestly, they're like, they know. They're like, the guy's not even fucking from here. Uh, But if that's what we got to do to, like, try and get a majority in the Senate, I guess that's what we'll do. But two of his 11 homes are there, technically. That is true. Yeah. And we just found out that another property owns in Palm Beach. He did it with, like, a guy embroiled in, like, an immigration, like, fraud scheme. So he's got a lot of cool people around him. (laughs) So right now, like, Oz knows he kind of needs this MAGA vote. So any opportunity he has to look like a Trump rubber stamp, like he should be taking. Right. And so when he was asked like a day or two after the rally, they're like, hey, would you have certified the 2020 election? Everyone's like, what's he going to do? What 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 path will you choose? Say yes. And you look like a lip say no. And you get the MAGA people behind you. But then you turn off all the swing voters. He went with yes. I would have certified the 2020 election. I don't Whoa. think at that point it's really our job to like, you know, meddle in what the electors have done. We're just there to certify it. So, he's so do gonna, we think that's going to help him or hurt him? I think I think right now it's I think it's probably more than anything. he's probably looking at. I feel like the MAGA people know what time it is. So I'm going to say whatever I can to get these swing voters. And if I you know, if I shed a few MAGA votes, then whatever. I think at this point. 
I, I don't know. I, I, it feels like he's trying anything because he's really behind Fetterman in the poll. So maybe it's just kind of fucking throw anything at the wall at this point and see like what it gets us. But on top of all that, he's also just doing like w- more weird ass campaign stuff, like with paid actors dressed as prisoners. He's like been attacking Fetterman for hiring two convicted felons on his campaign. He's just like he's like these people are felons and he's hired them. And so Smooth Brain over here decided it would be cool to have people dressed up in orange jumpsuits holding like prisoners for Fetterman or like another felon for Fetterman type signs as like just fucking outreach events. And I think this is and they're only doing this because Fetterman has said he's like against mandatory life sentences for people convicted of second degree murder. And they're like. You heard him. He will let out all the felons and they will love him for that, which is the tack they're taking. But aside from that, a lot of people are like those two people working for him. They were wrongly convicted and had their sentences commuted. These aren't like stop just saying like he's got two convicted. They were wrong. They had to serve like decades in prison uh, after being wrongly convicted. And he was just saying it's like this is part of his idea of like people need to have like chances to rehabilitate and like start anew rather than being like, all right, our fucked up laws has put you in this category as felon. Therefore, peace out. So infuriating. So Every awful. insult is yeah. so like bad and like just coming like feels like he's cornered and like like he did he did that one video where he was like jogging the whole time to like contrast himself (laughs) with john fetterman because he had like a stroke Mm -hmm. and yeah it's just all like so mean-spirited and like just weird and like desperate and bitchy (laughs) it's like it's a really weird look that he's going for it's who is that for too to just be like yeah, screw you for being overweight. Like, right. do you think that that gets people on your side? It's yeah, just... like your constituents aren't like everyone on the Ford models roster. Like right. you're talking about normal people and you're out here being like, oh, I can't believe someone could be overweight and then they have a stroke. What the heck is that? Right. And a lot of people are like, <laughs> what are you what what's normal to you? And are also, you a doctor? Like, <laughs> like just coming like shaming somebody for having like a health issue? Also, it's like I know that the people for whom like for whom an ad like that would be effective don't care about this information. But like, if you're just evaluating them on ter- in terms of like health stuff, it's like Doctor Oz has peddled the most unhealthy stuff in the world. Yeah, like right. he is responsible for so much misinformation. It's oh, like speaking of which, <laughs> I wasn't sure if I was going to play this clip, but a clip the, like in the last day or so came out when Dr. Oz visited the Breakfast Club talking to Angela Yee, Charlemagne the God and DJ Uh-oh. Envy. And he was never asked heard to, of that show yeah, <laughs> never heard of it uh, on this network. And they're asking about like a real weird question a listener put in about if he could have sex with their cousin. And they're like, Dr. Oz, can you weigh in on this? Oh, my God. Oh, no. This is this is him answering very uh, earnestly. To cuffing season. Yeah, cuffing season. I did cuffing season. That's, That's right. right. That's right. second said- language. <laughs> English is the second language for me. So, okay. Okay, so he said, I can't stop smashing my cousin. We hooked up at a young age, and now in our 20s, she still wants it. No matter how much I want to stop, I always give it to her. Help me. Now, what <laughs> advice would you give that person? <laughs> they, okay. Did you and so now he up? has to be careful not to piss off Rudy Giuliani with his answer. <laughs> well, guess what? <laughs> My man's triangulating constantly. If you're uh, more than a first cousin away, it's not a big problem. 
Okay, wow. so second cousin. Okay. <laughs> yeah. it's by the you know, I mean, they're laughing, but a lot of people are like, well, genetically, that's true. And I think right. he's he's offering that answer like there. But in this context, it's so weird. The guy's like, I can't stop having sex with my cousin. Like, I don't want to make sure they're not your first cousin. <laughs> that's me. I'm Dr. Ross. And then moving on. He goes on to talk about like pheromones and how little girls don't like the way their dads like well, he's going to he's going to speak very oh. confidently about some pheromone talk now. Classic example where you bleed a lot mm-hmm. if you catch yourself. And, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I don't. Oh, wait, no, that's him talking about hemophilia. Right <laughs> oh, I was like, how is this going to turn into that? <laughs> and then you smell the blood and you're like, oh, yeah, no, I, I don't want to have sex with them. <laughs> Out of context, Oz, it's a whole new Twitter page. Okay. So he's talking about how pheromones will actually repel you from someone that is in your family. And that's mm. why if they stink, you're fine. But, you know, that's why children, girls, don't like their father's smell. Their hormones huh. will actually repel their daughters because they're really? not supposed to be together. Right. And so a daughter will always, don't my daughters like. hate my smell. They well, don't maybe like, you just smell. In well, the- I, I like <laughs> to my smell. My wife, my wife says she likes the smell. My, my daughter do- loves Osmo. She always says that. Yeah, how old is she? Six. Yeah, you wait. Okay. My time, she, by the time she's 12, the, women, the young women become very attuned to smell. Mm-hmm. And every time I work out, they go, oh, you smell. Whereas my wife yeah, my says. My daughter says that to me all the time. Yeah. So, yeah, my dad stinks. Yeah, you, so, so it's <laughs> a natural yeah, like, thing that you don't like your, your parents' smell. Attraction. It forces you to look outside. And women will crave, usually, men who smell very different from their relatives. Right. So oh. it forces you to find genes that are very wow. different from yours. I buy wow. it. <laughs> it also sounds like I believe he's... it. <laughs> I'm 100% in. <laughs> I'm like, this sounds, I'm this this sounds factual. I think that's right. Like in oh, terms of yeah. like what we know well, about like genetics and like immune systems and and things like that. Yeah, but, it smells important. But he has a th- yeah. Th- but do we to need talk to talk a, about it? Like talk about your own daughter and like her attraction to you. Like it's that's the only the context, reason she doesn't want to have sex with me. Right, my smell. Is, was the <laughs> was the underlying like kind of that was the subtext. Anyway, so that was from a few years ago. So you yeah. know. I mean, it also does sound like he's trying to come up with a science reason why his daughter doesn't want to hang out doesn't with like him. Doesn't like him, yeah. 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 Oh, just how old is she? Yeah, wait. Then she's going to say, can mom drop me off at the mall? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or say, can you please stop telling my friends about how the vagina is a self-cleaning oven when you're taking us to like, school <laughs> dance? <laughs> wow. That was, that's One wild. of his greatest takes. Just, I mean... Yeah, the, there's like some science that he's getting at, but like it's it's crazy that he thinks he should be a politician. <laughs> he says he's like, can't, can't go yeah. on the Breakfast Club without being like, yeah, yeah, as long as it's not your second cousin and my daughter doesn't like my smell in a sexual way. Uh, yeah. Cool, cool, man. I mean, you know, you're allowed to just be like, I don't feel confident weighing in on that. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Right. <laughs> I, I don't think a reasonable case could be made that he's like, be like, well, if I didn't answer that, the voters would think that I wasn't competent. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like... I feel like he has never felt, con- n- never been able to say that. And that is yeah. the problem. He's never yes. been like, I, I'm, I'm out of my depths here, guys. Like, I, <laughs> do not put me in a fucking grocery store. I haven't been in one of these in 35 years. I'm so rich. You guys have no idea how rich I am. So let's He's like, go I haven't else. touched cash in like 30 years. Right. <laughs> yeah. Who uses that stuff? That crap. Yeah. What was this? A celery cost 15 bucks. I mean, come on, guys. <laughs> a celery? I'm sorry. A what? Celery? <laughs> Look, you only need one stock. See? And you take that with you. 
It's like, <laughs> that's not how you shop for produce, sir. What do you this? You just stick this one behind your ear? I don't know. Look at that. Get me out of here. All right, let's take a quick break and we'll come back and we'll talk standing ovations. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, 
You can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. And yeah, so Venice, Venice is happening right now. Hell yeah. Shockingly, we're not there. I've, was, you know, yeah. and everyone is speculating on why know, right yeah. like what something to do with your feud with olivia wilde yeah, yeah. i think <laughs> that does seem to be really good for your career your q meter your star meter or to whatever. just have a- any kind of relationship with her whether yeah. it's contentious or positive i'm actually mad at her but i'm not gonna say why so I'm just going to be, like, mysterious about it, and you guys can just, like, speculate why. On, on oh, my blogs. God, you just made $1,000 somehow. <laughs> oh, my God. The most popular motion picture to come out of Venice so far this year seems to be the gif of Harry Styles possibly spitting on Chris Pine. <laughs> yeah. I watched that gif. 5,000 times. What, do you, what is your thought? Spit or no like spit? What, I feel like this is the news of Pruder fan. I, yeah. I'm sorry to not be fun. I don't think he's yeah, fat. I don't okay. think he's he spit yeah. on him. He didn't spit on him on purpose. I don't think he did. Well, yeah. didn't... What fell, what fell so upon him? My husband told me that it was that Chris Pine had lost his sunglasses and then he realized they were in his lap and that's the face he was making. But that doesn't make sense either because he had literally just put them down and then two seconds later, like, picked them back up again. So what What? What would... <laughs> You've never done that? He just has, like, an incredibly short-term memory. Like, yeah, he, he doesn't... Put there's them down no... and like, whoa, sunglasses! <laughs> it doesn't look like he's looking for them. So I don't know. I don't know if I buy right. that either. The thing maybe. is, it's like, we've put them in a position and I think it's the same with Leah Michelle being able to read. We've put <laughs> them in a position where it is not in their best interest c- to clarify the situation you know yeah. because like every other story about don't worry darling is like worse on them than this one somehow mm-hmm. and like every other story about leah michelle is worse on her than being illiterate and so that's why they aren't just like coming out and telling us what's actually happening i do the more i watch it there is if you want to see it as he's like my sunglasses are down, but that we, well, yeah, I don't know, but he just puts them down. I don't he know. He just put them. So what? But it's, it feels very unhairy to spit baffling. on another person. It really does yeah. look like he got spit on, but I, that wouldn't make sense. Why? It, Who would spit yeah. on Chris Pine? He's widely regarded to be like one of the nicest people in Hollywood. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Chris Pine looks like he's preparing for the role of like young Ben Franklin or something in this <laughs> picture. Also, like like a hip young like young Einstein wasn't that a movie? Right. Anyways, I think he did spit on him. That you believe it or not? <laughs> that's, that, that's more fun. That's yeah. much more yeah, fun. Spit is obviously it more is, fun. It is because so- then Harry looks like a fucking like evil villain because he's like what's and then he's like yeah you good homie right spit on you in front of everybody (laughs) like and then you're like oh but chris pine's reaction suggests that he could have like been like oh my god this guy just accidentally spit on me like i I, even if he did spit on him he's like oh my god what what just happened as opposed to like like, this motherfucker (laughs) yeah or he's like, oh, my God, he just brought our private game into the public. Yeah. <laughs> That's the face that it looks like to me. It's just like, this is some, like, 
weird <laughs> inside joke or thing they've been doing. Yeah. Well, embarrassingly, that clip only got a four-minute standing ovation <laughs> when it was screened. No. So that that does seem to be there. There are movies playing besides oh. the GIF. There are movies being. Okay debuted there's a new colin farrell movie from martin o'malley the pillow man in bruges seven psychopaths is that how many psychopaths there are i don't know that that guy and the three billboards outside of ebbing missouri he he released his new movie which is colin farrell and that's got the record for the for this film festival 13 minute standing ovation 13 fucking all right so All of this seems so like everybody's talking about how embarrassing it is that white noise only got a hundred. So two minutes, 30 seconds of uh, I just did that math, by the way, 150 second (laughs) ovation is how it's being reported. But I just did a little math and two and a half minutes. Don't worry, darling, received a four minute one. And everyone is just treating this like it is. The mathematical, like, we no longer need Rotten Tomatoes or Metacritic because we have these standing ovation metrics. It's not like a a timeout at a basketball game. And it's like, let me hear the noise. And and they're like, all right, the game's over because the crowd cheered at this decibel level for this duration. Like. What it like is not only that there, there's the Timothy Chalamet eight and a half minutes right like all the so mediocre like, that was a, that was like a C plus but like people are pointing <laughs> out so the don't worry darling one was cut off because Florence Pugh like left the stage because presumably she was wildly uncomfortable because a any standing ovation longer than two minutes see like what what do you do with your hands like how do you keep doing the same like modest like, you keep doing that thing little, with your where you like right. you know yeah. do a big bow Wait, where okay. you wind Emily, up what's yours? like your <laughs> Emily yeah. if you had to if you had to do a some kind of physical affect gesture during your standing ovation what are you doing like, you guys act like I didn't used to be a professional comedian this is something I had to deal with every day <laughs> 10 minute minimum Just standing ovation entry. every set getting to stage. you learn how to get comfortable with the public needing you that much yeah 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 i don't know what you do like you that. just dap yeah did you, dap? <laughs> did you see that is really good dapping by the way emily just showed us her dab that was really good is... dabs dabaholics over here did yeah. you see that clip of brendan fraser just doing like an aw shucks like he kicks at the ground while yeah <laughs> yeah Super just modesty cute. yeah this was like kind of i, I f- like that was the only one i was like good for that standing ovation because he nobody's really, mad at him he was like overcome with emotion to even be like back at this point in his career where they're like oh my god the whale you're fantastic and everything like that and that felt like a little bit more of like a a moment more than like these other ones that are just like i'm gonna right where you understand that they're clapping for more than the movie they're clapping for like oh he came back yeah he had a story that we didn't know and now we know more about him but I also just feel like, how is it a measure of anything other than, like, the knee strength of the people in the theater? Yeah, the knee strength of the people in the theater and also how long the person up there, like, how well they're milking it and how long they want to milk it for. Like, it, right. it seems to be... You can like, always just start doing the Charleston and it'll keep going. Yeah, right. <laughs> My nightmare. That's true. <laughs> Standing ovations. That is a great f- idea. They're a form of mass hysteria. I don't condone them at all. Right. Pan's right. Labyrinth received a 22-minute standing ovation, oh, which, God. like, that just, I can't the fuck imagine. TV show with no commercials. 
can't imagine being. <laughs> I, that's a whole episode of Frasier. Yeah, you yeah, can yeah. watch instead of standing up and clapping. <laughs> yeah. And so they also, just to put all of this in perspective, the idea that this is, you know, some objective measure of quality, they applauded for 10 minutes for The Beaver, starring Mel Gibson and a beaver <laughs> puppet. They gave a 15 minute standing ovation to Lee Daniels' The Paperboy, which is. Nobody really remembers except for it's the movie where Nicole Kidman pees on Zac Efron. It oh. ended up <laughs> it ended up like coming out and getting like a 44 on Rotten Tomatoes and nobody really liked it or saw it. You know that AMC promo with Nicole Kidman where she's like in the theater watching? <laughs> yeah. Can someone do a, a clip cut where it, she's just watching that it? scene of herself being <laughs> just yeah, over and over? <laughs> please Doing do her an clap. Yes. Someone please. Slowed down, sped up. Heartbreak feels good in a place like this. (laughs) In a place like piss. Hey. (laughs) They apparently have roots in ancient Roman military celebrations for generals returning from campaigns. Like they would do a long standing Mm. ovation, and just everybody was terrified of being the first one to stop. Because (laughs) these were people who could kill you or have you killed or, you know. People were paying attention and the, you know, the same thing is true at something like a film festival where everybody in the audience is either like a a film, a cinephile or somebody in the industry. And you don't want to be the person who's just like, all right, you know. Right. Yeah. Like there's going to be a there's going to be a consequence if you're the one who's sitting down. It's. Yeah, all this shit talking. They're like, did you see Emily and Lisa? They sat down at like, right. I think the 15 minute mark. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Three minutes. They they just let everybody else applaud around them. Unbelievable. They're never going to work again. They're but that's the thing is again. like, if you sit down, if you're not in the front row, no one can see you. Yeah. Because everyone yeah. else is standing up. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No one thinks about this stuff. The, the people, so the people in the front row are usually people involved in the movie and they're also like have outside like a behavioral like scientist was comparing it to social media where there are the people up front are like the influencers who have all of the power because like they're the only ones that anyone can see so even if you're in the back row and you don't feel like doing a standing ovation nobody gives a shit because nobody's looking at you They're only looking at the people in front of them and the people in the back row are in the cheap seats and probably likely to be the less powerful in terms of just like their role in the industry. Although sometimes you'll see those people just like leap to their feet the second it ends and be like, ah! (laughs) So what we really need is some kind of horn that someone can blow to be like, you can sit down now and it won't be rude. Right. Yeah, or like in a like an MC or like an efficient at a wedding because sometimes yeah. like at a wedding they're like oh please stand for like the couple to come down the aisle or whatever and usually right. sometimes at a wedding and the efficient forgets to tell the people that are there to sit like once everyone's at the altar and then yeah. people will be like do I fucking the guy didn't say to sit yet <laughs> and it's like oh right please sit maybe well, yeah, you need somebody like to be like all right y'all y'all can sit down we can sit down thank you so much Brendan appreciates that he's in tears backstage. <laughs> Yeah. All right, good luck for everybody. <laughs> we did but, it. Yeah. Or just Brendan or Fraser, all- while he was like overcome with emotion, was quietly under his breath naming everyone who had sat down. Just, <laughs> like, like Arya Stark's dead. list. Your career is over. <laughs> yeah. Oh shit. Yeah. Oof. It's it's weird. I would I 
I would never want to be involved in a standing ovation that lasted more than a minute. I, yeah, I was going to say ninety seconds, but maybe a maybe a tight sixty. Yeah, <laughs> and it just feels like it gets like embarrassing after a while. But then like, you can you can be the one to cut it off. You can be like, all right, no, knock this shit off, Miles, man. They'll kill me. You could no, be the Florence Pugh. Your career would be over. You could say, "Yo, I've had enough. Thank you. Like you've adequately honored me." Thank oh, you. you're assuming yes. it for me. Yeah, that is a safe <laughs> assumption, actually, that a long oh. a standing ovation would be for, for you. Me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of yeah. course, of course. Yeah, I regularly sit down before a standing ovation is over. It's, yeah. it's so rare that I am in one, but also like, yeah, I have I have no qualms about. Yeah. And if anyone confronted me about it, I would just be like, it has nothing to do with the quality of the work. I like sitting down. Yeah. It's one of my hobbies. Right. I have hemorrhoids if you're really interested yeah. and it's uncomfortable to go up and down all the time. OK, yeah. <laughs> the one standing ovation I appreciated that was like kind of embarrassingly long, but embarrassing for the right reason was when Bernie came out at the 2016 Democratic convention and the people like his supporters gave him a standing ovation and like wouldn't let the speech begin for like 15 minutes. And he was like, thank you. Thank you. Please. And then just like over and over. And it, it totally like interrupted the flow of the thing. But it was good that it was embarrassing because it was like, yeah, you guys fucked this up. Big it was. Time. Yeah. Yeah. Also, it was just like, man, we shouldn't make Bernie Sanders stand up for longer than he wants right. to. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was so cranky. <laughs> Seriously, shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, Thank I you. can think of... Hardly anyone in the world who would probably, aside from Lisa, who would enjoy a standing ovation less than Bernie Sanders. I think. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, Emily, Lisa, truly a pleasure having you. Yeah, we'll have oh to gosh. have you guys back again. Thank this you so really much. Fun. Thank you. It was yeah. so fun. And now our 15 minutes standing ovation <laughs> exactly. for being on this podcast. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> listeners, <laughs> get up. I don't care where you are right now. Just begin yeah. applauding with your headphones in. This going to be an assumed you. standing ovation. You won't hear anything but silence but right. that's just, just pause it unpause when you're done right. yeah. <laughs> there you go where can people find you follow you all that good stuff uh you can follow me online at lisa draws um you can follow me on tiktok at lisa hannawalt there you go i'm at mr emily heller on most things okay increasingly using them less and less yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and also baby geniuses too make sure you guys oh yeah, yeah. listen to our podcast baby yeah. geniuses it's been going on for a very long time and it seems like i don't know why new people would listen to it but we get we hear from new listeners a lot and yeah. they seem to somehow figure it out <laughs> yeah definitely worth it is there a tweet or some other work of social media that you guys have been enjoying can i talk about a tiktok trend that i like yes. oh yeah so there's this trend of people running really fast while playing Ring of Fire by Johnny Cash. And they're just running full speed while, while carrying a bunch of <laughs> objects, often at night and staring blankly ahead. And it just has this vibe of like hanging out late at night and being an idiot with your friends. Yeah. Like in one, it keeps cutting between two different kids sprinting while carrying boxes of pizza and like trying to eat them while running. <laughs> and they often trip and fall. In, in some, people are running with animals and it's just like chaotic and clumsy. And it kind of reminds me of that meme on my way to steal your girl. Oh, which yeah. is like has like a similar like goofiness to it. I really like it. It's <laughs> nice. good. Lisa's algorithm is so much better than mine <laughs> she always gets to see really cool tiktoks and mine are just horrible <laughs> just, i i have been enjoying a twitter account called hourly Pornhub heathcliff which is <laughs> a bot that combines 
real Heathcliff comics, but then it replaces the caption with comments people have left on Pornhub videos. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, my God. It's surprisingly effective. And there was one the other day that where because Heathcliff is already so unhinged as a comic. If you've yeah. been following it, it's gotten weirder and weirder over the last decade. But there was one the other day where it was Heathcliff is signing for a delivery at the front door. And there's a truck, a delivery truck parked in front of the house that says mistletoe, like a big Uh-oh. truck full of mistletoe. He's signing for a delivery of it. And the two women inside the house are looking at Heathcliff from the window and commenting on it. And the the caption is not even horny. I'm just sad. <laughs> <laughs> and that caption is from a porn that's hub from por- that's from oh, a porn hub right. comment got it <laughs> but it seems like it could maybe work and like there's one where he's like throwing a snowman's head at another cat and then a kid is commenting eating ain't cheating good stuff <laughs> <laughs> i feel like it gives you a glimpse into two worlds i don't belong in yeah like the Heathcliff logic world and then also <laughs> Pornhub comments, which I just don't think I would know what people were saying Gosh, on Pornhub. It's porn, amazing porn that people leave comments on Pornhub. <laughs> oh, so who God. are they commenting for? Yeah, uh, damn, like Jack. what is that? What, nice what work. is that doing? <laughs> yeah. Great job. It's, dude, it's wild how many people will complain in the comments as if the performers are going to read, like it is a suggestion box and they're like, okay, right, more tongue next time. Thank yeah. you for yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that is what podcast comments are like too. They're like, I mean, I think any yeah. medium that Less is. Us. There's <laughs> any, if, yeah, if there's access to a person, they will be like, and this is my direct request to you, mm-hmm. person who owes me nothing. Uh, Miles, where can people find you? What's a tweet you've been enjoying? Find me on Twitter and Instagram at Miles of Gray. Got two other podcasts. The first one is Miles and Jack Got Mad Boosties. That's our NBA podcast where we talk about the NBA. Mm-hmm. Dumbest NBA podcast for <laughs> three months running. Yeah, the dumbest. <laughs> yes, for sure. Uh, and also, look, if you uh, like to get high, watch 90 Day Fiance. Well, then check out my other podcast, 420 Day Fiance with Sophia Alexandra, uh, where we just talk about our favorite trash reality show. Some tweets I like. The first one uh, is from Sydney Battle at Sydney Battle tweeted. Every Midwestern person I meet loves telling me about an amazing food place they grew up with. And it always has a name like Clurmpies. And then uh, Brianna at She's the Man tweeted this video from TikTok. It says, POV, you're seeing a landline phone for the first time, LOL. And it's these two little girls who are absolutely fucking confused at a landline <laughs> phone. Like, you're like, what is, I'll just play the audio because they cannot believe what's happening. It, 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 it will ring. It will call me. Really? All right, yeah. yeah, it's a real phone. They're like, this isn't a real phone. What is this? Oh, wow. Put it up to your ear. (laughs) Yeah, she's holding the phone away. (laughs) What do I do now? Hold the receiver. And it's, wow, the video's like a minute long, and then they go to another phone, and they're like, are you recording this? I'm like, it's calling me. And I just, I'm like, God, shit is moving so fucking quick that we, there are kids out here who think this is some kind of Yeah. Well, have you ever asked a kid to mime talking on the phone? Because they don't do this thing this? anymore. They don't do the shaka up to your yeah. face. They just hold their palm in front of 
in oh, front of wow. the face. Weird. Oh, yeah, this oh, is I'm going to do that today. Whoa. Yeah, ask, yell ask at my children. your kids. Yeah. yeah. Right. See, this is why, look, if I have a kid, I want to just raise them on landlines and linear television. <laughs> like a dog tooth, but it's like early 90s instead of <laughs> that weird world. All right. Some tweets I've been enjoying. Anna Hosnier at Anna Hosnier just asked a very good question. Does a frog have a watertight asshole? Four exclamation or four question marks. I don't know. That's a good question. I hope so. Seymour at Brainwaves 3000 tweeted, I bet Brendan Fraser really appreciates everyone treating him like he's a three-legged dog. And then Matt Johnson tweeted, I'm not capable of the emotional intimacy needed to check out at Trader Joe's. <laughs> it's, it's a lot, man. It's a lot. Just say right on. Yeah, everyone's right going, on. Everyone's going right through on. it right now. Yeah, <laughs> right, right, on. right on, man. And yeah. then be like, hey, man, if y'all want to unionize, I'll, I'll, I'll stay with y'all. You know, I know they're trying to fuck your shit up because Trader Joe's is trying to bust the unions. Are so they? these snacks, you got kids at home? Uh, what? <laughs> why are we, why are we no, I'm a pothead, man. <laughs> no kids at all. I'm going to eat. I'm just going to fucking eat this whole bag of chocolate covered pretzels because I'm like, go. Mm. <laughs> chocolate covered peanut butter filled pretzels. Now, now we're talking. Hey, look, to each their own. I get just the regular pretzel. All right. Well, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes. Where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as a song that we think you might enjoy. Miles, what song do we think people might enjoy? This is a track called Mind Games from Ganzo, G-A-N-Z-O. And it, I don't know, it feels like like funky music like from the sims it's like if the sims had better music it would be this okay that's how i picture it or it feels like interstitial music in a video game but like really really well done and it feels like like more music than kind of like midi stuff that we grew up hearing so uh that's my best description at describing this sample based track uh but this is mind games by ganzo Amazing. Well, yeah. we will link off to that in the footnotes. The footnotes. Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That is yeah. going to do it for us this morning. Back this afternoon to tell you what is trending, and we will talk to you all then. Bye. Bye. Here's something you might not know about wireless. Sometimes what you see isn't what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Just $25 per month, taxes and fees included. Switch now at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts